Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronas, I didn't get a chance to talk to you yesterday about that big signing. Manny Machado to the Padres, 10 years, 300 mil. But this morning I was hearing talks about the White Sox being angry. Uh, you know, do you think that people out there now are bitter with how this turned out? Well, if you are the White Sox and you didn't get him, yeah, you're bitter. Uh, because obviously they were in on him and they want him to be a part of the team. But, you know, I can, I'll can i never blame a player for taking that money. San Diego is a great place to live from what everyone says. I've never been out there, but that is the consensus. And the Padres are a young team with a great farm system. So maybe they don't win this year, but... They certainly are a team that is on the rise, and especially if they can make some trades and get some starting pitching. So I don't see how you can be upset with Machado here. Yeah, on Twitter, everybody was like blasting him. Terrible place to go. I don't, dude, Lewis Urias can hit. Uh, Tatis can hit. Myers and, and Renfro and Cordero can hit. Hosmer, Mejia. I, dare I say that, you're right about the pitching, but Chris Paddock is not far away. Uh, who's that other guy they have? Adrian Morahan is pretty good. I mean, I would say the Padres might be two years away from being real legit. It could be, especially if the young players pan out. But I think sometimes, and I've seen some people say that they get upset when players take more money instead of going to a contending team. And I think that's the biggest crap. People say that from their perspective. I don't blame anyone for taking the money. And you hear people say, well, what's the difference between $300 million and 220 It's not that big but this guy it's set up for life man so i don't i don't blame anyone for for taking more money because the teams have no loyalty to the players so the players shouldn't have to have any loyalty either years ago do you remember when cc sabathia was going through free agency and he's like look here's my list i want to have spring training in arizona i want to be on the west coast then the yankees offered him a gobs of money and he went to new york Right. So it just became like I went for the money. And and you're right. How many more contracts will Manny Machado have in his career? One, two, maybe zero. Make the 300 mil if you can. Yeah. And he does have an opt out, I believe, after year five. So obviously, if he tears it up over the next five years and the prices go up and he's able to negotiate and get another contract, good for him. But, you know, I have no problem with what Machado did here. My biggest question is. Were you surprised with the amount of money he got? Because we were hearing all along, players are not getting what they want. The money's not going to be there. 10 years, 300 mil. I mean, Jim Bowden in the offseason called the 10 years, 310 mil. He was pretty close. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised by it. I thought eventually it would happen. I just don't know why it was taking so long. So, obviously, he held out in uh, biggest contract in uh, sports history right now. All right, Bryce Harper is, we're waiting on him. It seems like, I don't understand this, the Phillies, 
there's something here today that the Phillies have a, have a tough road to get it done. Uh, the Giants are in. If Manny's getting 10 years at 300, shouldn't Harper be getting 10 at 350, 350 mil? You would think so, and that's what Harper, I think, is hoping for. I think everyone just kind of thinks that it's a done deal and that he'll wind up going to the Phillies, but it sounds like he's not completely sold on Philly either. So uh, going to be interesting. Does he wind up taking a short contract going somewhere real quick? I would think not. I would think he would want to obviously get this long-term contract now while he can. So i uh, interested to see where he goes. I say he goes for 320. I think it's 10 for 320. He gets a little more than Machado, not 350. Yeah, I don't think he gets 350 either. I think 350 seems high. I don't know. If I'm the Phillies, don't I want this done? Seriously, don't I know the number and just want to get it done? At the end of the day, is that, I know this is only, it sounds millions, but what's the difference between 306 and 320 when I'm dropping that kind of money anyway? If you're the Phillies? Yeah. Well, because they might not, they might think like no one else is really in at that number. So that, that's the thing. So if you think that really no one else is in at that number, why are you going to push it? You might as because well Because you know Machado's number. You know that number, and you know it can't be less than 300. There's no way Harper takes less than that. So but you know you've got to no, be 3-0. But if there's no other team that you know of that is going to go to that number, why bid against yourself? Then why isn't Harper taking 308 or whatever the number is? If that's the case, then he should be taking Because maybe he doesn't want to go there. Can somebody tell me why he wouldn't want to go there? Stays in division, small park, loaded team. Why wouldn't you want to go there? I don't know if it's a loaded team. It's good. It's not a lock to win. I don't even think they're a lock to win a division if he goes there. Well, you like the Braves, right? No, I still like the Nationals. You still like the Nationals? Absolutely. What is wrong with the Nationals? No, nothing's wrong with the Nationals. I like the, I like the Braves and the Nationals. I can make an argument that all three of those teams can be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's a tough division. I just think the Nationals have the pitching. I mean, I'm not convinced on Strasburg staying healthy an entire year, but they brought in Corbin. They still have Scherzer. still have a good lineup, so I still think they're a good team. Personally, I think the Braves are the team that can win very easily if they're willing to move some of their young pitching. They've got four or five guys, Soraka, Anderson, Tucson, Kyle Wright, Gahara. They can move three of those guys to get to get players if they ever want to win. Just my think, opinion there. I don't think they have enough starting pitching right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think they can move those guys to get starting pitching when they need it. Well, what's like starting pitching? I don't know who's going to be made. I, I don't know who's going to be made available in, Ju- in July. I mean, could they not trade Kyle Wright for like a Cole Hamels type like the Cubs did last year? Would that be enough to get them through, you know, to the, to the World Series? Getting two guys like that? Uh, I don't think it's enough right now. They, ha- they have good young arms, but it- I don't think it's enough to win a division. I think they'll be good, like the lineup, uh, but I still think there's not enough starting pitching there right now. And the Nationals, you like? I mean, I like Corbin. I, I like the first three guys, but, man, the, the back of the end of that rotation, Animal Sanchez, Hellickson, Joe Ross, you don't think that's a mess? And you don't think that bullpen's a little messy there, too? Sanchez was tremendous last year, so. I hate that guy. Hate him. Well, he was good last year. You can say you hate him, but look at the numbers. He was good. No, the numbers are good. Why don't I trust Tell me why I don't trust him. Because he's been shaky throughout his career, but found a new pitch last year, and it worked. So when you look at a guy like that, because last year was outstanding. I mean, he had three crappy years and comes back and is outrageous. 
Do you really think that a guy finds a pitch at 34 and all of a sudden becomes unhittable? Well, he wasn't unhittable, but he was very good. He allowed very little hard contact. And if, if he can continue to master that pitch, which, again, no guarantee, but it was very effective last year with that cutter. So if he can continue to do that, again, he's their fourth starter. So you don't need him to be great. No, you just that's need him true. to be serviceable. That's true. I mean, I just look at a guy like that and I wonder. It's like Mariano Rivera. Didn't wasn't the old story he developed a cutter in the bullpen one day and all of a sudden it just changed his whole career? Yeah, because no one could hit it. Everyone knew what was coming and they still couldn't hit him. Right. How do guys find pitches like that at 34 years old? It's happened before. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Any other? Oh, I wanted. I, I know we haven't spoken in a while. Mike Mustakis going to the Brewers. Um, I like the fit. I like the bat. I like the left-handed bat in that park. But I, I, I really love Keston Hura. Is it just that this guy's so bad defensively that they can't put him out there that they had to go sign Mustakis? No, I don't think it's that. I think they felt like Mustakis was a good fit. He's a guy that has experience winning a World Series. They probably liked him in the clubhouse presence last year. They got him at an affordable price. You know, Mustakis has kind of gotten screwed here. He should have gotten a bigger contract. He turned down that qualifying offer for over $17 million from the Royals. And is it looks bad in hindsight right now, but who would have thought that the market would have went in this direction? So I think it's just a case of you know the Brewers still feel that they are a competitor in that to win that division. Obviously, they were close to the World Series last year. And I don't think it's a knock on here. I just felt like they look at it and say, wow, we got Mukstakis for a pretty good deal. We know he's good. Uh, he should hit 30 home runs, I think, with a full year in that ballpark. It's a good lineup. So uh, I think that's the way they looked at it. And it does hurt uh, Hura for sure because now they're talking about putting Mustakas at second base, which I don't understand because you already moved Shaw there last year. So just leave Mustakas at third. Shaw was pretty solid at second base last year when he made the change. I don't know why they just don't keep it as is, but looks like they're going to try and put Mustakas at second base for now. I think I, I read that too. I think that's one of those things you try for like a week and you realize it's not working. Does this raise Shaw's value? I think it does. Now he's definitely going to qualify at second and third. I mean, pretty darn good player. Well, he already does qualify right. at second base. So I don't see how it changes his value because you knew when you're drafting already that you're getting him at second or third. So you I can put, plug him anywhere. Do you think this team can hold up defensively? I mean, with Aguiar, Shaw, and Moustakas, is that a good enough fielding team behind those pitchers? They did last year, and they made it pretty far. So, uh, you know, long term, we'll see if Shaw, how he handles, um, if they do move him back to second, how he can handle it. But they were fine last year. I, I like this team. I, I like what, the, what the, the Brewers are doing. I guess my big question is, where are you with Jimmy Nelson? This guy was their number one starter a couple of years ago, been injured. Can he come back and be a guy that you can trust in fantasy? I don't know if you can trust him right now. Definitely like the arm for sure, and he is going to come cheap. I don't know how many innings you're going to get out of him, but I would definitely take a shot on him late in the draft. He started to show improvements a couple years ago and then had the injury, so... That's going to be the big key for the Brewers. They were able to make it last year, even piecemealing the pitching together because they have so many good arms out of the bullpen. Uh, but Nelson is a guy that you probably are only going to get about 140, 150 innings if he's healthy. But we, we can say that about a lot of pitchers. I think when you're drafting someone, you know that they're going to spend at least two, three weeks on the DL. I think you have to know that going into the season. So that's why you need the depth on the pitching and 
just uh, bring someone off your bench and plug them in. But uh, Nelson is someone that's intriguing and a guy to watch this spring. All right. Speaking of guys to watch this spring, Seattle Mariner fans won't be watching much of Malik Smith, who's dealing with an elbow injury. What's your thoughts, Adam, on guys who have injuries during the spring? Does it make you want to drop them a couple of rounds in drafts? Or do you say, look, Smith is still, it's his elbow, it's not his knee, and he's still a, you know, a base running guy. How do you approach guys who are injured? It's different with each player because it really depends on the injury. It seems like they're just being cautious here with Malik Smith. And I think if you are someone who believes in Malik Smith, at least it's not a knee, not a hamstring, because obviously that's where his value is derived from, the stolen base. So it's only an elbow. Uh, they start early because they open in Japan against the A's. So they open March 20th and play there for two games, the 20th and 21st. So worst case scenario is he's a DH, and then they hope to get him back in the field for the 28th when they open against the Red Sox. So in his case, uh, it's not a big deal. Uh, not someone I think you have to downgrade much at this point. All right. Did you see a report that Tyler Glasnow is hitting close to 99 on the gun there? Does that make you want to draft him any earlier this year? I was already interested in him anyway, so uh, I don't like seeing these reports because everyone starts to talk about it. It gets noticeable, and it pushes him up the draft board. So uh, I'm afraid he is a guy that is going to get pushed up the draft board. I was actually going to take him in uh, in a draft, and he went right one pick before. Uh, that always sucks, but Glasnow's always had a big arm, and when he went over to Tampa Bay, uh, he was good. And we've seen Tampa Bay has a good history with pitchers, uh, Glasnow was throwing 96-97 last year anyway, and he's still young, uh, 25 years old. So uh, I don't like seeing these reports because people start to take notice and, you know, these guys get pushed up the draft board. So I'm hoping he doesn't get to an area where I get priced out. All right, you're at an auction and his name comes up. At what point are you comfortable paying for him? At what point does it become... I'm going. I'm, I'm extending too far, and at what point is it like I'm not paying it? Uh, I haven't really looked at a value for him yet. I haven't thought about that. I've been doing more um, snake drafts right now, so I got my auctions coming up uh, next month. So, so I have to uh, ask you this question in a month? Come on, Ronus. I'm just joking. What's your answer? I think eight, I feel amazing. Twelve, I'm like, okay. Thirteen, I'm thinking I'm paying too much, depending on what type of, you know, how many teams in the league. But I want to be around that 10 to 12. Yeah, I think you might go above that uh, if the hype continues in the spring. And that's what happens preseason in every sport. So more positive news comes out and the more the price goes up. So you have to keep in mind, uh, and that's probably one of the things in an auction, you're going to have a pocket of players that you really like, but you got to understand there is a, a situation where you get priced out no matter what. And I think that's where a lot of people make a mistake. They have their mind set on a player that they really want. They feel it's going to be a big year, but at some point the price becomes too much. And uh, I think sometimes people get fixated on players and they just keep going and keep going and don't realize, wow, I just overpaid by a lot. Even if the guy does have a really good year, uh, sometimes you pay overpay by several bucks and it could hurt the rest of your auction. No, I think that's a great point. I mean, look, I could see Glasnow going for 16 or 17. I can see somebody at the draft table thinking this guy is going to be the uh, next great thing. And then I'll be sitting going, I, was, I felt good at 12. I might have given you 13 by 17. I feel like I'm out, you know, but I don't want to, I don't want to spend 17 because then later in the draft, I always look back and go, I wish I had an extra dollar or two at the end to, to get guys I like because there's always somebody who ends up still there at the, board, at the board at the end of the draft.
Yeah, and he threw 111 two-thirds innings last year because he was pitching mostly out of the bullpen for Pittsburgh, went over to Tampa, made starts. So uh, I think you're looking at a 150 max innings this year. So you have to consider that when you're uh, deciding how much to bid. All right, when we talk about hype, Peter Alonzo, uh, Anthony DeComo of MLB.com says he's made great strides defensively. Mickey Calloway says most improved defensive guy. Man, this guy looks great. Does that change your opinion on him at all? No, because uh, I don't know if he's going to start the season with the team. Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do. So uh, I'll let someone else overpay for him at this point. Uh, they obviously have some options. But then again, Jed Lowry's dealing with a little soreness in the back of his knee. Again, it's February. It's uh, They're going to be he's cautious. Always, Jed Lowry's always injured. He wasn't last year. He hasn't been the last couple of years. It's kind of misleading. People, he, Lowry's a good player. He's a uh, very good player, but in the in, in his in his history, he's been checkered with injuries. Can we admit that? Well, yeah, but it hasn't been the last two years. He's been good. He's good. I don't know. I just think Alonzo has to come up at some point. June is he up? Ah, uh, maybe May. It really it really is going to depend what's going on with the rest of the team. They have a lot of veterans they got to play. All right, we're going to talk PGA DFS, the WGC in Mexico Championship, when we return right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back for Scout Fantasy Sports. Dr. Roto here along with Adam Ronis. And Ronis, I don't know whether you touched on this yesterday, but let's get to it today. Um, Antonio Brown has a meeting with the Roonies, and basically they agreed to, I don't want to say part ways, because I don't know if that's officially going to happen, but it looks like the Steelers will see if they can make a deal to benefit both parties. Do you think at the end of this whole thing that Brown will be playing for the Steelers again. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, things can always change, but it seems like Brown has kind of already checked out, doesn't want to be there, and then the owner comes out and says it. So my um, guess is you probably don't see him there. What's, what's the appropriate trade for – the NFL strange because you think, you know, fantasy-wise, Antonio Brown, he's worth a lot. But in real life, am I going to get more than like a third-round pick for Antonio Brown? No, they're not. Uh, they're just in a bad spot. Everyone knows that he has to leave. And then I think other teams are concerned about the way Brown has been acting. I did see a report that a few teams have been kind of turned off the way he has handled things on social media. So they're just never going to get proper return. And that's why the Steelers are in such a tough spot because of the money that counts against the cap. And they're just never going to get proper value for him. Uh, so they're, they're in a tough spot. Let's just argue that you were the general manager of the 49ers and you could really use a receiver. What's the most you could see giving up for Brown? Would you give up a second? I don't think they need to, and I don't think they will. It's going to be a third or a fourth would be my guess. Seems crazy. I, I don't it know. Is. It just seems crazy that you get this kind of talent. I mean, I know he's a nut job. I know this guy's knucklehead, but he's so talented. He's got to be a – I mean, would we agree that he's a top three receiver in football? Yeah. 
right? I mean, that's got to be worth something more than a third-round pick. Or is it just, I need to get this guy off my team because I can't bear him? Uh, well, that's that's part of it. If they met with him and they see his attitude and, you know, we, we see that there's been issues in that locker room uh, and it really came to the forefront this year because they lost, then, you know, you're in a spot where you sometimes you, you just have to move on. All right, there's some rumor Jay Glazer said, I'm sure you, you caught this, that he would be shocked to see Odell Beckham Jr. be traded. Um, do you think the Giants will get what they want for Beckham? No. Again, it's just really tough to, to get proper value in a trade. I, I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, obviously, you know, he's had some injuries and, you know, they've been unhappy with him at times off the field. But uh, I don't know if that happens. How is your team better? How are either of these teams better without Brown or Beckham? I just don't get it. If I, as a Giant fan, you trade Beckham. I, I don't know if I can be a Giant fan anymore. I mean, as crazy as this guy is, I still love him out there. He's still one of the top two receivers in football. I don't want to see him go anywhere else. Yeah, and I don't think the Giants do either or their fans. So we'll see if there's any truth to this one. But uh, they are definitely on the verge of building a, a good offense if they can get a solid quarterback. They have a lot of pieces in place, and Beckham's a big part of it. Very explosive player that can take it to the end zone anytime. See, my problem, see, I don't ever have a problem when a player's angry because the team's losing. If you watched Giant games last year, I thought Shermer called terrible games. They didn't use Beckham enough. And everything Beckham said was absolutely on point. Maybe I'm just being biased, but that's how I felt. I felt that Beckham was speaking truth. Yeah, and but you know sometimes the you know teams don't want that distraction. They don't want players to be like that. I mean Antonio Brown to me has been worse with everything he has done on social media. Right. No, I agree with that. I think it's it's one thing to take it in the, the locker room. And it's one thing to just be surly, but it's one thing to go on social media. At that point, I, I have a problem with that. That's when you're that's when you're airing dirty laundry, which I never like, Ronas. Yeah, and you can't. And that's the thing. Keep that in house. Work it out amongst yourselves. If it can't get to that point, then you deal with it. Then. Do you ever go to like a restaurant and are you friends with the waiter and he's like telling you about everything that's going back in the, in the kitchen? Like, do you really care? I just want the food to come out. Yeah, just make sure it's clean. Exactly. Make sure it's hot. Make sure it's clean. All right. Le'Veon Bell. There's been talk about the Steelers are going to franchise him. They're not. Why can't they just let this guy go? Oh, yeah, they are. They're not franchising him. So they are. Is that official? Yeah. Because they've been going back and forth with that. No, they said they're not going to. They're going to let him go to free agency. All right. Did you see the, um, the, the contest that we're having at, uh, at Scout Fantasy Sports? Yes, I did. So it's a free contest. All right. Go to uh, Scott Fantasy and guess the two teams where Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell end up with in, in 2019. Be the first to correctly predict both players' new teams and win a $99 entry in one of our contests. Your limit is one guess. Adam Ronis, I will let you go first. Who do you, where, where do you think that Antonio ends up? Uh, 49ers. And Le'Veon Bell. Jets. I think Bell to the Jets makes way too much sense. Do, 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 you, do you think, though, that Adam Gase won't ruin this guy? Because he ruins uh, everybody. Well, if he does it with Le'Veon Bell, then there's a major issue. Uh, if you're bringing in Bell and you know he's getting a huge workload. So I don't think we see the Kenyon Drake factor uh, that we saw in Miami. 
or the Damien Williams factor, by the way. Do you remember that? When Damien Williams... Actually, it turned out that Gates may have been right, by the way. Well, yeah, Gates, he went to Williams first before Drake. He did. He went to Williams first before Drake, and Williams didn't, actually didn't look very good at all. Maybe that's just their offense, but Williams did not look very good. But Gates loved Williams and then gave him up because they had Drake. And then they went out and got... Uh, who was that guy? They got uh, Ballage, right? And then they didn't need Williams anymore. Yeah, Kalen Balazs. Yeah. So... All right, so you think Brown goes to the 49ers? Yeah, I think, you know, I think he even mentioned them. It just seems like a good fit. Uh, that's a team that, you know, is definitely on the come up if Garoppolo can get back and healthy. Uh, so, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I think the Colts could be in the mix for either guy, too. I, I If I were them, I, I don't think I would do it with Bell. Why invest so much money there? But they got a lot of money under the cap. Uh, putting Brown next to Hilton would be really phenomenal. I don't think that's a Colts move. First of all, I have Marlon Mack. Do I need Bell? I mean, you always need Bell. I get that. But Marlon Mack's pretty good. Yeah, and I don't think you sh- if the Colts should invest all that money in a running back. And I don't know. I mean, as much as I like Brown, I think the Colts need defense way more. Nah, they can use, they, they can use another piece on offense, I think. I think they could use another wide receiver. But do you think that an Andrew Luck, such a cerebral type of guy, is going to want to play with Antonio Brown, who's a nut job? Yeah, I think he would. Why not? You you telling me Andrew Luck's going to say, no, I don't want Antonio Brown? (laughs) No, but I think sometimes, I I think there was a beauty of Ben to Brown, because Ben's a little off too, right? Ben's a little crazy. I think Ben just got, got annoyed with Brown after all these years, right? I think he just was done with him. But I think for the most part, they, they played, they paired well together. Oh, of course they did, but then obviously the losings come out. I think the big, big problem is, is, you know, I think Brown was tired of uh, Ben getting away with uh, things and kind of doing what he wants, and the rules weren't the same for everyone. That would be did my you, guess is what happened there. Did you ever watch the movie North Dallas 40? Yeah. What, I mean, that, was, that quarterback got away with anything. Got away with murder. Anybody else not, didn't get in trouble, but the quarterback can get away with anything. Yeah, that's usually how it works, and I think that just got to the point where Brown was frustrated with that. Yeah, but it's not, it's not the same, Adam. I mean, I, I, I know you know that, but Antonio Brown should know better. Quarterbacks are treated differently. Yeah, but I guess when you know, he starts you know, getting blame and, and things, that it, it gets to him, and you know, he had enough of it. So is Juju Smith-Schuster, in your mind, good enough to be a number one? Because he was a fantastic number two, but is he a legitimate number one? I think we'll find out. I know the one game Brown missed, he had extra attention and coverage, and he didn't perform that well. But I think he will be treated. Uh, people love him in fantasy, so he's going to be a really high pick. Did you see that he went to some Adidas store and bought everybody's shoes yesterday? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, I was on Twitter. He walked in and basically goes, everybody gets a pair of shoes. Even the people who work in the store bought everybody a pair of shoes. This was in Pittsburgh? Yeah. No, he, he seems like a guy that gets it. And has embraced uh, social media and engaging and fantasy, with fans. And fantasy. Yeah. So uh, and so he has really done a nice job of uh, playing himself to the crowd. Did you see the one where he's like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit out because I know my fantasy owners need me." Yeah, that was kind of easy to say though, because he knew he was playing. You know, like if he, <laughs> you know, if if he was really hurt and he knew he had a chance to miss, he wouldn't have said that. So to me, that was like, well. I'm definitely going to play, and uh, let me get some points with the fantasy crowd. Let me ask you this. Any love for James Washington next year? Yeah. I mean, if Brown's gone, that's going to increase his role, and I think 
he was someone that was intriguing in the late rounds last year. He just didn't get the opportunity. So certainly gives him a boost up for sure. Is that a guy that goes too high because of the opportunity or is sixth, seventh round about the right spot? He could wind up going too high. I don't think he reaches sixth, seventh round. I think you probably you see him go eighth, ninth. But then again, if he has a good preseason or there's a lot of positive buzz, and obviously it's uh, an offense that you want to invest in, even though there'll be changes and different pieces there, but uh, the target should be there for him. So uh, that's an interesting name to monitor in upcoming drafts once Brown is officially gone. I think he ends up going round six by the time we're in Vegas, Ronis. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Right. I think people, people like that offense. They like that team. And then if Juju should ever get hurt, all of a sudden Washington becomes a one. And so a lot, much of, upside there. A lot of targets open up with Brown gone. Right. I mean, Brown was getting what? At least 12, 12, a dozen targets a game? Yeah, every single year he was getting mm-hmm. uh, a ton of targets. Right. So, I mean, you've got, so he, if Juju gets half of those, that's at least three going Washington's way. Interesting. Yeah, he'll do, definitely be a, a hot name to monitor for sure. Do you think James Connors a first-round pick next year? Uh, it's close. Um, I think people will take him in the first round. I think in the mock I did like a few weeks ago, I think he did go in the first round. What about Jalen Samuels? Do you think they move him out to receiver? Would you move him out to receiver? Because I'm thinking I might. If I lose Brown, could I move Jalen Samuels to the slot? I don't know if they'll do that. They'll probably definitely. They've done a good job of scouting and drafting receivers for the most part. I know they've kind of missed on a, on a few, but they they have a, a, a penchant for finding good wide receivers. So... Uh, they could be drafting someone. It's not funny that you mentioned that. Some teams always can. And then, like, the Dolphins can't. The Dolphins are expected to dump Devontae Parker. Why, why do I think Devontae Parker would have been successful on some other team? I, I truly believe that. Probably. I mean, the talent is there. I mean, sometimes you don't know what these guys are doing off the field. But, you know, I remember, not this year, two years ago, that, you know, I was looking – and reading something about him not eating breakfast, not hydrating well. So I said, okay, you know what? He's starting to take care of these things. Maybe this is the year that he has a big year. And he didn't. You know, he had games here and there. But so sometimes you don't know what these players, how dedicated they are. Because it's one thing to dominate in high school and college where you're superior, athletic, and talented to everyone. But once you get to the NFL level, there's a bunch of guys that are better than you. And the difference is going to be work ethic how do you take care of your body and that seems to be a problem for parker he could also be one of these guys that it takes some time for him to figure it out he goes to a new environment and maybe that's where he starts to to get better but it was clear that they really had no interest in playing him last year and they were souring on him you heard the trade rumors it didn't happen so that had to affect him in some way i think is honestly a little bit of both i think first of all there's a lot of immaturity there I think there was a lack of commitment to the game. And I think it was a lot of, I hate Adam Gase. And why would I want to make Adam Gase look good? Why would I want to play well to make Adam Gase look good? I hate this guy. Get me out of here. See, but I hate that attitude. Because if you do have that attitude, you're going to fail in life. You can't worry about making someone else look good. It's about yourself. You need to take pride in what you do. Who cares if you make Adam Gase look good? You're making yourself look good. You're making yourself a better player. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying... I'm trying to get in the mindset of Devontae Parker. You don't think that he could think that way? I think it would be foolish if he did. Because how does that help? So you're going to go out there and suck because you don't want to make Gase look good and then everyone else in the NFL sees that? Who wants you then? I'm just throwing it out there. Dude, this guy's a nut. 
This guy literally is a nut. He's a nut. And I, I just think it's possible that he says that. But I'll say this about Miami. They will clean house this offseason. Anybody who's sketchy, I don't think Brian Flores is going to stand anybody. Do you know what I mean? I think anybody who is uh, not with this team will be off this team, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and sometimes you need that. You need to change the culture, and you come in and you make a statement. So that, that, that could be a positive thing. I think it is. I think when it's your team and it's your, it's your chance, get rid of all. I mean, you know, there's two ways to do it. You bring Devontae Parker in your office and say, look, I'm going to give you another chance. Or you say, look, I need you out of here. Good luck and, and, and good riddance. I think in this case, you're better off with good luck and good riddance than starting anew. Uh, I mean, I still feel he has talent. It's just it's been a frustrating ride for him with Miami. We just haven't seen the consistency at all. All right, Gronk's decision is going to come in the next couple of weeks, Adam. Who, where, are you, where are you going to fall on this? Is he coming back or is he retiring? The whole time I felt he was retiring, but I am seeing reports that he has been uh, to the stadium and the facility, so that definitely kind of changes things a little bit. But, I mean, again, I think it makes sense for him to retire. He goes out a winner. Uh, you know, He's had the back injury since college. He's been really banged up. He could do so many things off the field to make money if – from his perspective, if it was me, I would retire. But you just never know. You know, he's so competitive, and he probably enjoys winning, and he looks at things, and he says, okay, maybe I'll give it one more year, and Brady's coming back, and obviously has confidence in Belichick and the coaching staff. So uh, it's tough to know, but, I mean, I guess I'll just stick. Originally, I felt this whole time that he was going to retire, especially if they won the Super Bowl. So I'm going to say he retires. I'm going to go with that, too. I say he retires. You see, Charles Clay was signed by the Cardinals. Charles Clay is done, dude. They gave that guy $3 million. I don't get that at all. That, to me, is just an example of how bad teams stay bad. Yeah, he's you know been a good player when he's healthy, but he can't stay healthy. It's always some type of injury, especially his knees. So uh, I don't understand why they're doing that. What was the game last year where Clay dropped the pass in the end zone and they lost the game? Remember that in the last play? Yeah, I don't remember which game it was, but I do remember that play. Where the, where the offensive coordinator basically fell on the ground because he was shocked that the guy dropped it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Three, I just don't get I, – I, I, like I said, now I know why bad teams stay bad when you drop $3 million. You want to give Charles Clay a million bucks? That's fine. $3.25 million? Are you kidding? It seems crazy, Adam. How, how do teams just not learn? Yeah, only 8.8 yards per catch last year. He played in 13 games. I know it was Buffalo, and they suck, but it's not like they had a plethora of options there. I know. That seems strange. Oh, it was Clay dropping the pass against the Dolphins. There you go. So that was that. Was that. that was a terrible loss for the Bills there. By the way, did you like Josh Allen talking some smack to Jalen Ramsey? Did you see uh, that? No, I did not see it. Yeah, Josh Allen talking a little smack. I think I like this kid. I like the Buffalo Bills' future there, Ronis. I like McDermott, and I like Josh Allen a lot. Yeah, he played well, especially from a fantasy perspective with all the rushing yards. All right, who's coming up in hour number two, Adam? We'll have Doug Anderson coming up at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. He's in the Tout Wars Draft and Hold League. That is a slow draft underway, so we'll talk to him about his team. All right, Doug knows a ton about fantasy baseball, so keep it right here. All right, guys, this is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. Back with you tomorrow. Stay tuned for hour number two with Adam Ronas talking fantasy baseball on Scout Fantasy Sports. And we're back right after this.